welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, welcome back. So this is podcast number four in a series on Bible learning. Primarily interested and focused in getting biblical learning inside you. Now, uh, I've mentioned it before and I'll mention it again. Please bear with me. That the A-class, first place, biblical teaching should be going on is in the church. Uh, And that means the pastor should be a Bible scholar. And that means... uh, Now, official Bible academic, where he's going to the Holy Land, uh, participating in digs and, and cranking out research papers? Maybe not. But he needs to be, and I'll say it again, at least in the top five to ten smartest people in the auditorium concerning Bible when he takes the pulpit. Um, And if he's not, he ought to want to be. Or she, excuse me, ought to want to be. Now here's the thing. Getting back to uh, another place is the Sunday school teacher. The Sunday school teacher or group Bible facilitator. There's all kinds of different, you know, um, different situations, different titles and all that fun stuff that go with that. But they ought to know. Even if the leader of a Bible group is what I just mentioned, a facilitator. In fact, there are some Bible groups where it's not a lecture-type situation where the uh, the teacher or the facilitator or whatever you want to call that person, the lead person, uh, lectures to the to the group uh, and then goes back and forth, you know, kind of semi-lecture style, asks questions and stuff like that. Sometimes it's a situation where they just start a you know a thought process off and they roll it around the room. And then they say, okay, well, our uh, Sunday school curriculum says, or our group study curriculum says this. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. But they still should be gifted by God as a teacher. And a teacher, a someone that God has made a teacher, is noticeable. Why is that? It's not that that person's got a blooming PhD. That's not the thing. That person should be gifted by the Holy Spirit with a passion for the Word and to get the Word into other people. And that is really, I think, I mean... And when I say passion, I mean it, they, it just bugs them horribly if it doesn't happen. <laughs> okay? So that is the, uh, the motivation of a Bible teacher. 
you know, facilitator, instructor, whatever. Now, getting back to this particular podcast is part two of the second phase. Okay, so the first phase was two podcasts and they had to do with self-study. Okay, which basically, I'm going to do it on my own. Not a problem. Uh, this particular series is two podcasts on, okay, I want to use someone else's plan. I want to use somebody else's idea or I'm going to, I'm going to look into uh, other possibilities. So, uh, and, and by that I mean if you're doing self-study, you kind of have to figure out all on your own some to, uh, okay, now what, you know, what do I need to start with first? Or what should I look at first? Or am I just going to start in Genesis work my way through? Or how am I going to do that? So you kind of have to figure all that out and kind of find your own plan. If you're using somebody else's plan, for example, a Bible school, all right, then uh, that's a little different. Now, when you're getting into a situation where you're using somebody else's plan, you can use, um, you know, uh, there are Bible study fellowships that have, you know, systemi- systematic ways of studying the Bible. Um, there's also, uh, there are also Bible schools and there are Bible seminaries and so forth. Now, in a lot of these situations, it kind of depends on how much you want to spend. Now, this is a real touchy subject. The reason I say that is because uh, I'm just going to come out and say it. Some Bible schools are blooming expensive. I mean, they are really expensive. They are just as expensive as a full-blown um university class some of these guys um and i don't know if the quality of what you get is equal that depends on the program however comma let me also say that uh there are a ton of bible schools out there it seems like every church Every other church in in certain areas have their own Bible school. And they offer these classes and so forth. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. But, uh, you you have to ask yourself, you know, okay, at this point, at this point, when you've decided to go with somebody else's plan, there's a couple of questions that you kind of have to come to grips with. And I've already mentioned the first one. The first one is money. If you're a person of, of a few means, uh, or it's just not in your budget, or what have you, um, please, I'm not going to guilt trip anybody. All right. Uh, although, there are people out there that that would just lambast you. Well, that ought to be the most important thing you're thinking about because the Bible's the most important thing on the planet and back and back you need to be spending every dime you got to be and, and I'm just like, no, 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 no. Now, that may sound like a straw man argument and in some ways it is, but I'm saying this. 
How much money you put into it is between you and the Lord. All right? Because literally, you can get online and get some absolutely fantastic teaching from seminary professors for free. And uh, that's not a bad thing. I certainly don't feel like that's a bad thing at all. Uh, now, so money's the first thing. Got to figure out, okay, how much money. The second thing is, you need to ask yourself, accredited or non-accredited, right? And I mentioned this in the first podcast, accredited or non-accredited. And uh, a, a lot of, you know, sometimes people feel like that... If it's accredited, it's better education than non-accredited. And I beg to differ. Absolutely. There are some fantastic institutions that are non-accredited. Now, what does that blooming mean? Accreditation basically it boils down to this. Do you want college credit or not? Okay. Do you want college credit or not? Now... If you're going to get a degree, then you're going to want the college credit. And that's going to be more expensive. And I went to the last podcast, I just mentioned you know why that's expensive. Uh, but if you're going to get a Bible degree, you know, that is going to be more money. And you're, you're t- you know, you also have to figure out, you know, do you already have a, a bachelor's degree, which is the first kind of college degree you would get? And because if you do, then you can get a master's degree, which is above and beyond, and all that fun stuff. Um, and you can just go all kinds of crazy and get a doctorate degree if you want to. Although at this stage in the game, I'm, you know, not completely sure uh, unless. God just directs you uh, why you do that. But the issue is um, it has to do with it really has to do with do you want college credit or not? And if you're going to get a degree, you need the college credit. But you're going to spend more money. Now, a lot of Bible schools out there, like I mentioned, that don't have accreditation and they are a lot less expensive some people argue they're a lot less rigorous and they're easier I'm going to say that depends on the institution now I've mentioned diploma mills the last time that's different all I'm going to say one more time is a diploma mill means you give them money they send you degree money for degree no time no effort no grading money degree that's that's a diploma mill okay now the uh so question of money question of college credit now let's talk about a little bit about focus And I'm going to give some opinions here, okay? Because I have a master's in theology and pastoral leadership. That's and it's in theology. Now, here's what I'm going to say: um, pursuing, in in some ways, 
I wish I would have gone and just went the entire biblical studies route. All right. Now, why is that? Is that because theology is bad? No, not necessarily. No, not necessarily. But let me say this. And uh, it has to do with, when you're talking about theology, you're talking about man studying God. As I, as I said before, theos is God. Ology means the study of. So theology is the study of God. This is man looking at God. Biblical studies is basically studying what God's already put out there. All right? God's already put the Bible out there. So you just need to kind of understand what he's saying. Out of each book, out of each section, out of, you know, and so forth. That's biblical studies. Theology is looking at how man can pull out of what God has revealed to us certain ideas. Now, here's the clincher or the, the, the warning sign. The only thing about theology that gets a little dicey sometimes is that it is very denominationally focused. Um, for example, certain schools are going to be dispensationalists unapologetically. In other words, they're going to say, why yes, if you come here, you're going to be dispensational. And dispensationalism is a theological thought process that pulls in scripture from all over the Bible and divides the time on this earth as we know it into, uh, into kind of time blocks uh, and each block is called a dispensation, and, and, and in each dispensation, God deals with man differently. Okay, that's the theological idea. All right. Um, and I gotta tell you, uh, no matter who you are, uh, <laughs> when you're studying uh, the Bible and you're taking theology. You're going to get a different flavor a lot on how people interpret things. Okay? Um, theology has stuff like, um, like eschatology, the study of end times, Christology, the study of, of Christ, soteriology, the study of salvation. Uh, eschatology, the study of the church. So there's different blocks in there. And we've had thousands of years to do it. And there's a lot of stuff. Okay? Uh, again, not necessarily saying that's a bad thing to do. I'm just saying that Catholics are going to look at that differently than Methodists, than Lutherans, than Episcopals, than Baptists, than Southern Baptists, than Northern Baptists, than... <laughs> I mean, I could just keep going. We have, in the U.S., 
2,000 plus, and, and, and probably more than that, different denominations running around. And everybody's got a different thought process. So when you're talking about taking theological classes, you know, um, evangelicals look at things differently than non-evangelicals. So, uh, keeping it um, as simple and as direct as possible and understanding that if you're following someone else's plan, they are going to look at things from a certain perspective. There's the theology of the New Testament, the theology of the Old Testament, okay? So, that's why I really emphasize number one studying biblical studies first and biblical studies is the Bible itself getting into the word itself studying that first knowing what the books are what kind of literature you know what kind of writing what kind of you know you know everything about the books of the Bible that you can possibly know about the books. Because that's what God has, has pulled in for us. Also, the, just the collection and the story of the Bible itself, how it came to be. And, I, and I, I, this is going to sound silly, but it's nothing less than miraculous. It's absolutely God-delivered because there's no way it could be put together the way it is without God having a hand in it, for real. So, uh, biblical studies first. Now, I'm going to say and recommend at least trying to study the biblical languages. Why? Why would you want to study Greek and Hebrew? My word, they're ancient languages. Nobody talks Koine Greek anymore. Nobody talks ancient, ancient Hebrew. But by the way, modern Hebrew is pretty close. In fact, uh, it's been said that the Hebrew they speak in Israel now is close, closer to ancient uh, biblical Hebrew than our English is to King James English. Pretty interesting, huh? So anyhow, um, what's fascinating is, the re here's why I just really recommend the languages. When you get into a language, any language, not just Greek and Hebrew, you really begin to get into the culture. You get into the culture, you start getting into the mind of the speaker, and you start thinking in those terms. And when you start doing that, when you start doing that, you begin to read the Bible the way it was written. And you start seeing things. And literally lights just start coming on. Just boom, boom, boom. And it's amazing. Now, the first experience I had with that is, is reading Kenneth Wiest's word studies in the Greek New Testament. They're a set of four, I think, but I had three. And they're thick. I mean, they're like, 
they, you could just choke a camel with those things. But but the thing is, is one of them I, I read it completely through, and it had so much about Greek in it that all of a sudden, I mean, he was explaining stuff and and all, and man, the lights were just going. I was oh, really, really, really. In one situation, uh, uh, Kenneth Weiss explained that that in the Greek, Jesus went away from the disciples to rest and in the Greek it was because he was exhausted <laughs> he was so exhausted he needed to get away for a break well that may be something kind of little to but but it just brings out to me the humanity of Jesus it really does so anyway um if you don't want to to, to just learn the language then then at least read books about the language where people break the language down Okay, and they call it biblical language tools and all that stuff. But highly recommend you to get into the languages. Um, the other thing is church history. People don't do church history. I don't understand that. Uh, people think history is just boring, boring. And yeah, oh yeah, it is. And in, in, in a lot of places, it, you're just like, oh wait a minute, where am I? Where am I? I'm in Snoozeville. But here's the kicker. If we read more church history, you would know more theology. Why is that? It's because most of the theology that we uh, have developed over the centuries is because in the past, people were dealing with problems. They were dealing with the Manichaeans. You know, they, were, they, they, were, they were dealing with the monetists. They were dealing with different groups that were coming up with some harebrained thought processes. And you begin to understand how people arrived at the, at the ideas that they arrived. And literally, it was, it's, you will see theology just forming in front of you. If you can just get through that stuff. Now, I'm going to be the first one to tell you the 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 preeminent uh, church historian, at least the most ancient one, is Eusebius. And his book is thick as a, wow, uh, as a unabridged dictionary. And yeah, you could throw that and it would probably hurt somebody. Um, yeah, it's huge. And little bitty letters. So, the thing is, if you can get into some books where some historians break it down a little more, you know, a little less than maybe Eusebius, uh, even the Reformation, you get to understand what was in Luther's brain, uh, what was in Calvin's brain. I mean, you know, Zwingli. What 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 were these guys thinking? Um, why did they go sideways so hard on, you know, what, what's the Counter-Reformation? What, what happened? Well, let's, if we read more church history, we would know more theology. So, anyhow, there's just some things to recommend that, that to you. Every Bible school, every seminary is going to have their own plan. They're going to have recommended set of classes. They're going to have, tell you how many classes they recommend to take at once and all this stuff. And they're going to tell you how much it costs. So once you think about those things and you get those things figured out and you get your budget together, okay, 
then uh, you can kind of figure out where you want to go. Now, once again, I'm going to say this because uh, this is the end of the uh, phase two of Bible learning, and this is where, okay, I'm thinking of Bible school or Bible training in a kind of formal, semi-formal format. But if you're thinking about being a professional minister, all right, you're going to want to attach yourself to a seminary. And that means either going to the seminary, polishing that chair with your behind, or doing it online, or a combination of the two. Again, the reason is, those connections that you make in that school may be the connection that gets you your next your next position. That happens more often than people even think or, or want to admit. They think somehow this biblical newsletter drops out of heaven with a job in it. You know, or believe me, uh, you know, yeah, can it happen that way? <laughs> I believe in miracles, but I want to say this. Uh, more often than not, God works through people. And uh, you're going to meet some people there. So anyway, I want to encourage you to get that Bible learning. If you're not getting some at church, find out why. If, you, if your church just is not feeding the flock, that's what Jesus asked Peter to do, feed my sheep. Well, if we're not doing that, Maybe you need to think about finding a church that will. So, with that thought in mind, I want to encourage you and I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.